Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Talking City podcast, the Manchester City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. My name's Joe Bray and we're discussing a bit of a sticky one of form for Manchester City. It was three uh, draws in a row, of course. Then they went to Aston Villa on Wednesday and it didn't really go too well. Uh, Aston Villa won 1-0 and were, they outfought City, they outfought, they outthought City and uh, City desperately missed Rodri. To discuss this, uh, we've got Tyrone Marshall. Tyrone, not used to seeing City four games winless are we? Uh, we're not no no it's uh, it's very unusual isn't it suddenly it's uh, a bizarre week it almost feels like the crisis club in Manchester is uh, is turning results on, on Wednesday night but yeah very uh, a very unusual and unexpected run of form for City yeah it's uh, it's strange to sort of see them down in fourth even at what is I guess still a relatively early stage of the season I think we've got to sort of caveat the run because Chelsea away is never, has never been easy for City and they've spent so much money you would expect them to give the champions a game. Liverpool and Tottenham, fair enough. There were sort of reasons why City drew those games. They, they did drop points and they did concede late goals but you're not looking at those results and thinking, oh well, you know, it's desperately bad but Aston Villa, they're doing very, very well and they played really well but it turns those three results into sort of a different, you look at it differently, don't you? Yeah, you do. And like you say, they've played four very good teams. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea are hugely inconsistent, but on that day, Chelsea were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you would still expect City probably to win at least two of them games at their best, if not three. Um, and it's it, it's not just the result. Like you say, if they'd won at Villa, the three previous draws kind of become more acceptable mm-hmm. results. Now, it, it shines a different light on them, but it's the performances as, as well. And obviously, we'll come on to the Villa performance in more in more detail but there's been elements of all of those performances that uh, uh, you know have, have have raised some questions maybe the the number of goals they're conceding the 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 loss of control really um even you know the Liverpool game they they were a lot better in the Liverpool game they, they controlled it more Liverpool didn't have as many chances as those other teams have had but it kind of it felt like it came at the cost of City really going for the kill in that game I thought they were a bit passive in the second half against Liverpool and and didn't really go for the jugular when back in, you know, kind of March, April last year, they they would have got the first goal and just swatted them away. Um, so yeah, it does feel like things just aren't, aren't quite clicking at the moment. I spoke to Manu Akanji after the game and like fair play for him for fronting up, but he said the Liverpool and Chelsea and Tottenham games were different to Villa because 
they had control in that game and yeah they conceded late but they were in that game and against Villa he was like no we weren't in the game we deserved to lose they were far better um, and that was what was noticeable at Villa Park City were never really in the game yeah. we were talking before that they had two shots on target or two shots in the whole game is it the lowest that Pep's ever had yeah I think so and then that was in one move that was Haaland mm. got uh, got in on goal had a shot saved and then his header uh, was also saved on the sort of rebound and after that they never ever looked like no. coming back and Aston Villa were very very good their their whole setup was to attack City exploit the fact that they had no midfield uh, John McGinn was brilliant they had I always say it's better when teams attack City and we've had that over the last four games haven't we and City have been really really tested but it seems like it's exploited the weaknesses as well yeah it has and, and like you say the you know the, I mean the, the stats alone from that Villa game the, the two shots the least Peppers had 22 for Villa I think mm -hmm. maybe the most he's faced or certainly the, the widest gap in, in terms of, of domination I mean we're so used to City winning games really and normally playing well that like you say Villa dominated that game and you always look watching it if you'd have watched it without knowing who the two teams were you'd have always thought well that team's going to win the game yeah. but you still always felt well it was nil-nil City might somehow win this game because just that's just what they do um, but I mean once you know once Leon Bailey scored they could have no complaints and like we say there are you know I mean Akanji was right they were they were never in the game really and the you know the 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 size of the the gap between the way they were outplayed at that game has has got to sort of raise concerns going forward. I mean they've kind of got an easier run now heading into the Club World Cup, which in itself should be should be more routine. But yeah, I think there's you know they they'd come away from that game. I think wondering what what was going on because they're just they're not used to being outplayed to to that degree, especially by a team like Villa who are doing really well this season. And you know. I, didn't talk of them being title contenders is is way way too early, but you, you know you wouldn't expect City to be outplayed by that degree to any team really. Never a team, never mind a team like Villa. Well, Pep went into the game saying, if we play like we did in the last two games, yeah. I think we will win the league, mm. which we don't often hear Pep saying, especially at this time of the season. And it felt like he was trying to get something out of his players and yeah. just didn't get it. Now, Rodri being absent and Grealish really did hamper City, and Doku was injured as well. Let's talk about that midfield because we had John Stones coming back from injury. He was sort of the number six, but him and Akanji were rotating and if Akanji pushed up into midfield, Stones dropped back. Stones looked good in sort of parts, but was also very rusty. He tried a, uh, a Cruyff turn in the box and it just went out of play and it just didn't... He looked like a player who'd missed a month of football, which is entirely understandable. You've got Rico Lewis there who was drawn into a battle with McGinn and lost that comprehensively, mm -hmm. but... He's a teenager who barely plays midfield. So we can expect that he's going to have a game like that. You've got Alvarez coming deep, but also trying to stay close to Haaland. And it just created an open midfield that Villa just ran through. Every time the ball came out, Villa were back again. Mm. They miss Rodri, don't they? Yeah, they do. And it's it's almost becoming this self-fulfilling cycle now that you know, domestically it's played for, lost for without Rodri this season. And, and the next time... If there is a next time he's absent, it's undoubtedly going to be playing on their mind. And, you know, in all of those games, Pep kind of looked for different things to mm -hmm. fix it. And the the three earlier in the season that they lost uh, the Wolves, Newcastle and Arsenal, I felt not having John Stones kind of accentuated the problem. But they had Stones on, on Wednesday night and it made no real difference. Albeit you say it was a, you know, it was a rusty John Stones. 
but you know, I was going to say, it almost feels like Guardiola is overcomplicating it. I don't, you know, it's, it's such an easy <laughs> cliche to throw at him, and I don't, I don't mean it in in that way that he's overthinking it or whatever. But they, you know, they have two midfielders on the bench. There'll be, I mean, Nunes is making no real impact this season. Kovacic hasn't been brilliant. Kind of had his moments, but you know, the fact that neither of those played, they, it was basically a midfield of a centre back, a right back, and a forward. Um, and Rico Lewis has been good in midfield. Maybe he'll end up playing there, but more of his football so far has been at right back. Stones has been good, kind of stepping into midfield from from centre back. Sometimes it, it, it's a different role when you're starting in midfield. And obviously, the whole Akanji thing was was kind of complicating matters in terms of whose role was what. And then you've got out wide. You've already got two midfielders. I mean, Bernardo. I think is. It is a very controlling midfielder when he plays centrally. Foden can play centrally, albeit might not have been ideal for that game, but you have basically got two midfielders on the wings. You've got two proper central midfielders on the bench. Um, so, it, you know, it diff. And obviously, this is, this is talking with a, a bit of hindsight. I think when that team out, came out, I don't think anyone thought it was necessarily the wrong team to pick. Um, but, you know, you. You look at it now and think it, it was kind of in the field that, I mean, it never worked. And in hindsight, when you've lost a game and been outplayed that much, you look at it and think, well, hang on, there's two midfielders on the wings, there was two midfielders on the bench, and he picked this kind of, you know, it's, he almost picked it. He come from a manager who, you know, used to want to play eight midfielders in a game mm-hmm. to play none, basically, because there was none really natural central midfielders there was probably I can see why he did it though I can, yeah, I, I can see I can why see he had Stones and Lewis has looked good in number 8 yeah Alvarez has helped but a lot of the time Rodri's been there or yeah. Bernardo's been there but because Grealish and Doku were out you needed Bernardo on the wing. wing and he was whatever the formation was he was isolated on the right Walker was being pegged back because he couldn't afford to go up because there was too many attacks so he couldn't allow Bernardo to come inside which has worked well in the past same with Guardiol and, and Foden on the other side and it just created a really wide formation and a massive gap in midfield and yeah, it, like, like you say the two midfielders on, on the bench I don't think anyone really did expect them to start No I don't and it, it probably says a lot about their their standing and you know, I think it exposed how much City are missing Gundogan yeah. um, you know just to, to come in and play that Rodri role to just keep the ball, give the ball, get the ball, keep the ball. You know, he he is a huge, huge miss. And neither Kovacic or Nunes have, have come close to replicating what he does. And, and, and you know, you, you're right. When we saw the team, I think everyone thought, well, that makes sense. I can mm-hmm. I could see him going with that. And I can see why he's gone with that. Um, anyway, it, the desire to play, well, not the desire to play Alvarez Central, but the refusal to play him wide. Mm-hmm. Guardiola clearly doesn't see him as someone he who never has done play wide. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of makes makes it more of an issue with Grealish and Doku being out there. Like I say, you had to play Bernardo there when really in that game you you probably needed Bernardo centrally more than you needed him there. Arguably, you play yeah. Alvarez on the left, or even you play Oscar Bob or something like that, and bring Bernardo infield because that's that's where a lot of your problems are. Um, but it, you know, it was with those absences, it was a difficult puzzle to solve. Well, you mentioned Oscar Bob, he came off the bench, mm. which sort of showed the lack of options. Nunes and Kovacic did come off the bench, but he, he took, within those three substitutions, he took Foden and Alvarez off. Yeah. So he's he's seen that there's a problem in midfield, put two midfielders on, but he's taken off the two attackers. Yeah. Then Aston Villa score, and there is absolutely nobody capable of feeding Erling Haaland. 
with the 15 minutes left that City had to get an equaliser. You, you just knew they were never going to get that equaliser. And I think Haaland knew as well, because as bright as Oscar Bob is, it's not the game for him to no. start feeding Haaland. Bernardo was completely isolated on that side and Villa did a job on him and made sure that, I think they identified that. They thought he's the only one who's going to get them back into this game. Yeah. So we'll put two or three men yeah. on him and that was it. And Kovacic and Nunes didn't really do anything. Yeah. And it was it was the first time really, I know they've got a lot of injuries and suspensions. First time they've not really had any options to, to change a game. Yeah, well, he, you know, he, he always likes, we know he likes a small mm -hmm. squad to work from. It does become a problem when you have those injuries and suspensions. I mean, injuries, you, you can't do anything about. City, uh, you know, City have, have clearly got a brilliant medical department because they never have that many injuries. And you look at what, you know, it feels like the majority of Premier League clubs have had like injury crisis of having eight, 10 players out at times this season. I mean, that would be disastrous mm. for City and, and they've kind of avoided it. I think he'll be fuming with Grealish for getting booked the way he got booked at, at the weekend. and Five times. Yeah, getting booked five times. <laughs> all as a soul as well. Absolutely incredible. Um, so yeah, I think he'll be he'll be fuming mm. at that. Um, tell you, we, we said before about the start, they had two shots in the same attack in the 10th or 11th minute. And the fact that they then went 1-0 down and had, what, 15 minutes or so, mm. maybe longer with injury time to respond and didn't even manage a shot. I think two crosses in that Yeah, Yeah, and the cross that Douglas Ruiz almost threatened to head in beyond Martinez, but there was no one attacking it no. from the City point of view. And, you know, to, to, to create so little threat when you've gone 1-0 down, I mean, Villa look more likely to score a second by a, by a distance yeah, than yeah. City get one back. So that, you know, that is very perplexing from the Guardiola team. And he was, you know, he was very short of options and you're kind of used to that a little bit. And it, you know, it shows with the absence of, of De Bruyne. I've been saying it for a while, as good as Alvarez has been in that role, when he's playing every week and Haaland's playing mm. every week, there's no one else. There's no one to come off the bench. No. It's a second striker now. They haven't got a third striker. And, you know, we're almost generating a Chitty need a third striker <laughs> story. But that the, the fact that they've found Alvarez a role in the team there is is great for him. But it does mean that they just haven't got another striker, another number nine or goal scorer to bring on. They are bringing on Oscar Bob, or if everyone was fit, they'd have been bringing on a Grealish. Grealish out of yeah. Um, and that's basically it, really, for attacking games. I, I looked at Alvarez and probably Foden to an extent and maybe Bernardo and I looked at players who looked a little bit worn out because of all the injuries they've had to be playing every single week. And Alvarez especially, he's had about three weeks off since January 2022. He's just continuously playing. And it looked like they had to play. If, if everyone was fit, I think they would have had a rest for a few games or just a, a week off or something. If, if you've got a midweek game, just rest them. It looked like it was just one game too many and they came up against a very, very good Villa side who yeah. made Villa Park a fortress and overtook City into the top three. Yeah. Title contenders, top four contenders? I think top four contenders for certain. I, I wouldn't go so far the same title <laughs> contenders at the moment. Like I said, I mean, that Villa Park record, 14 wins in a row in the league Ridiculous. is absolutely incredible. And they've got Arsenal at the weekend there. Mm -hmm. So They I could mean, do City a favour, but... They could do City a favour. If they play like that, yeah. I can see them... I can see them beating Arsenal yeah. for sure if they play like that. Their away record is not as good. I mean, they lost to Forest recently and Forest are in free fall. Mm -hmm. Drew at Bournemouth at the weekend. And, the, you know, they're... They're, they're, they're starting 11, they're maybe 13, 14 players and really good and fitting into that MRA system. Understandably, at a club like Villa, there's going to be a bigger drop-off to those behind. 
they're probably going to go a long way in the Conference League because, I mean, look at the way they're playing and look at the Conference League. You've got to expect them to keep going there. That's bound to have an effect. So I don't see them as title challengers at the moment, but I mean, the way they're playing, you'd certainly have them as top four challengers. And when, you know, suddenly, I mean, Chelsea were awful in midweek and a hugely inconsistent. Tottenham lost four of the last five now. Um, Brighton, very hit and miss. They kind of... Not the same team. ...in a way as a top four challengers. So, you know, maybe you're saying it's between United, United, Tottenham and Villa maybe for that mm. fourth spot. And at the moment, you, you certainly have Villa as the the best of those of those teams at the moment. They remind me a bit of Newcastle last season where they've just got something going and a bit of momentum. That momentum's going to be yeah. massive, can't it? And they've, I mean, they've definitely got that. So, yeah, that could... I mean, I didn't mention Newcastle before as top four contenders, but... Is, is there a potential fifth... Champions League spot next season. Yeah, could there help is, them out yeah. As well. I think that should. It goes on coefficient. Yeah, yeah. It, you'd imagine it would be a formality for the Premier League. So, and you, and, I mean, you'd arguably be surprised if Villa didn't finish in mm-hmm. the top five at the moment, the way they're playing. So Definitely. I think they've got a real chance of that, yeah. Well, that's it for part one. We'll come back after a short break and uh, go a little bit more in depth with uh, just how much City miss Rodri on, uh, on Wednesday at Villa Park. Hello, welcome back to the Talking City podcast. We've discussed it a little bit, but it is now, uh, is it four four defeats without yeah. Rodri this season? Yeah. They've, had, they've played young boys and won, but he was on the bench. I think the last five defeats in all competition going back to last season have all been when Rodri have missed, yeah. has not been there. There's, there's not been the same player replacing him every time. Guardiola doesn't seem to have a preferred option for replacing him. Mm. Yes, John Stones might have played those other ones, but he spent 40 odd million on Calvin Phillips. He's eighth or ninth option now in defensive midfield. 50 million on Nunes, 25 on, on Kovacic. That's over 100, 120 million midfielders. And he's still not got a plan B for without Rodri. It's a bit of a concern, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And you know, he becomes harder and harder to replace. You, you've almost got kind of the Harry Kane problem at Tottenham that they had mm-hmm. for so long that he's so good when he plays that the the, the next in line is never going to play and Tottenham just couldn't find a, a solution to a, a backup for Kane, basically, because no one really wanted the role and those that did weren't mm-hmm. weren't good enough. And, you know, Phillips is, is clearly finished. He's clearly going to go next month. There's been a reluctance to play Kovacic maybe as, as much Certainly more recently, he's kind of fallen out of favour a bit. Nunes, I mean, I would already be a little bit concerned for Nunes that he's kind of heading towards Phillips' mm-hmm. territory. Arguably, he's, you know, he's, he's not really seen it. I'm not sure where he fits in. Like he's he's not, not a defensive sure, midfielder yeah. and Guardiola prefers Alvarez in that sort of yeah. more attacking midfielder role or, or Bernardo to come in. So I'm not sure where he's going to get those minutes. No, I, I don't. I mean, there's... I guess it's the third midfield <laughs> slot, really. If you're saying Rodri and Broida slash Alvarez are certainties, it's it's the other one. But you'd have Bernardo in the team, yeah. certainly. Kovacic seems to be ahead of him. Um, Lewis probably m- maybe even be ahead of uh, Nunes at the moment. You know, Guardiola clearly made this, this ploy in the summer of signing dribblers and players who can do something a bit different. But yeah, I've not really seen it with, with Nunes. And he's, he's a funny player because he's one that managers seem to to rave about 
you know, uh, Liverpool linked with him constantly when he was at Wolves. Obviously, Guardiola said he was one of the best players in the world at sporting mm-hmm. and has backtracked on that. Now he actually works for them, which isn't great for Nunes. Um, but when I watched him play and when I watched him play for Wolves, I didn't really see it, to be honest. Um, but maybe I've just, like, I'm not, I didn't watch Wolves no. religiously. So I'm sure he had good games when I wasn't watching. And there's clearly something mm-hmm. that managers like. Yeah. But like you say, I, I don't see where he fits in. And when you do watch him, you're kind of just like, uh, really know what what he's all about. Don't really get it at the moment. I think he's he's good with the with the ball. He's he's got some nice touches in the box. Mm. He can keep it. But he's only coming on at the end of a game yeah. when it's when it's won. We've not seen him yet really have a go in a in a big game. No, it's hard to see a scenario at the moment where he starts no. for City beyond maybe Red Star next yeah. week. Like you. You wouldn't expect him to start. I mean, I can't see a scenario where he starts any league game coming up, really, maybe over Christmas. But I don't know, he just doesn't, he doesn't seem to have Guardiola's trust or faith at the moment. And that, that happened to Calvin Phillips, and we saw what happened with... We've seen what happens and still see what happens with Calvin Phillips. I think he's ahead of Phillips just because he's only been there. Yeah, I think he's definitely ahead of Phillips. Um, but you wonder if he's on the same kind of mm-hmm. trajectory that he's already not quite winning over the manager um, and you know he's he's already played a lot more than Phillips he's already contributed more so I don't think things are ever going to get that desperate but for the money spent on him you'd expect more and then when City have kind of the issues they had in midfield on um, on Wednesday night you'd expect him to to probably start and certainly to be in the frame but I don't think anyone really thought he ever had a chance of starting that game no I think Phillips has got a look at that game and see Guardiola's used two centre-backs in midfield a teenage fullback, yeah a striker dropping deep yeah he's brought on two other midfielders ahead of him and Rodri suspended he's named Guardiola and Ake as players who can also play yeah. in, in defensive midfield yeah, yeah, no, and think? he warmed up once yeah he was never ever coming on no he's I think he's got the hint no hasn't he that uh that his days, his days. But if he wants to play in the others, he's he's got to go, hasn't he? He's got to go. And I think he's not getting those minutes at City. You know, I mean, he he admitted after Rodri's red card mm-hmm. um, that City had basically said as soon as he returned in pre-season, yeah, do you want to go on loan? And he wanted to stay and fight for his place. But you know, he, he was he was very upfront after that red card. Was it not Forest? It was Forest, yeah, it was, wasn't it? And he, you know, fair play to him for coming to the mix zone and said mm-hmm. this is the biggest week in my city yeah. career. And then he played against Newcastle and, and that was it. And it was kind of like, well, I think... It that... wasn't that bad, but he didn't affect the game in any no. way. He just, as ever, played it safe. Yeah. And, you know, we know now that Pep sees things differently to the way a lot of us yeah. see things. And he clearly doesn't do what, what Pep wants. So, you know, I think it's a certainty he's going to go. But if you, if he's unsure about trusting Kovacic and Nunes mm-hmm. at the moment, then you wonder if... Would he want? Would he want to look at signing another midfielder? Oh, he does because he loves midfielders, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he does. Maybe I mean centre backs seem to be his new midfielders, yeah. don't they? So, um, but yeah, it, it's clearly a, an issue. I think in in the centre of the pitch. In, I mean, there's, there's obviously a possibility that Rodri doesn't miss another Premier League game. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get injured very often. This has just been suspensions. Um, it's certainly easier to pick up bookings these days. I mean, you wouldn't be surprised if Rodri got to ten. Mm-hmm the way things are going and that's a, that'd be a two-game ban, I think. So that's probably a possibility for March time, I guess. Um, but equally, he could play every game again. But if if he does miss another game or he picks up an injury, then it is going to be a problem because there clearly, there clearly isn't a solution. You, know, you mentioned before that in all four of those games, 
let's try something different yeah. in every single one of them. And I think that just shows that Guardiola himself hasn't really got a clue how to replace Rodri and, and what to do when he's not there. Harry, I will clip that up. Guardiola doesn't have a clue. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just, just that <laughs> That'll go around, yeah. <laughs> on, on Rodri, we're running uh, Fans Footballer of the Year. Mm. He's nominated for the National Award along with a host of players, including Erling Haaland and John Stones for the City Award. There's Haaland, Rodri, Bernardo and Grealish. Haaland's surely going to win that. Yeah. We can talk for ages about how brilliant Erling Haaland's been, but Rodri has been very, very good. And also the fact that he is so integral to this side. Yeah. Does he have a chance of being considered a City's player of the year? Certainly sort of the most important, really, I think. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think he should have a chance. And I think he is... I think if... I think missing Rodri is is harder for City than missing Haaland. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're missing Haaland, you can put Alvarez up front. You can play Foden in that role. If De Bruyne was fit, you can play mm -hmm. De Bruyne. You can play Bernardo there. You know, there's, there's other options. If you took Haaland out of that team for three games, you'd be like, oh, that's a bit of a nightmare. They did it for a couple of seasons without any... Yeah, exactly. You'd still back them to score enough yeah. goals to win games. Whereas if, seeing, if you take Rodri out of that team, then play four, lost four domestically mm -hmm. this season. So I think he is City's most important player. He might not be their best. <laughs> it's hard to look beyond the, the weight of numbers for hard. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. When, you, when you're assessing impact on a team and you're saying one's more important than the other, maybe that's a, you know, maybe that should, does suggest he's, he's the best in the team. I think, you know, it almost, to pick someone other than Haaland, it almost feels like you're trying too hard, yes. aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going down hipster roots to, to pick someone else but I, I I wouldn't have a lot between it because I do think he's been sensational to even be a credible alternative to the season yeah. that Haaland's had yeah to even be having yeah. a debate and 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 it's it's not that we're trying hard to find mm -hmm. and so I would say oh yeah I, I'd maybe go for only Watkins rather than Haaland yeah. or you know it's 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 Rodri it's you know he's he is if he won it instead of Haaland wouldn't be an outcry. I think mm -hmm. people go, oh yeah, I, I get that. I understand why people have gone for that. And his form towards the end of the season, yeah. obviously scored in the Champions League final, yeah. but against Bayern as well, that, that goal, he was yeah. unstoppable. No one could get past him. Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, he's, he's become the best defensive midfielder in the world. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, he was, you know, brilliant. We'd say second half of last season, it was probably kind of February. Yeah. February always when it all clicked for City and you know, everyone's level went up a notch. But yeah, that that run in Rodri was absolutely sensational. And even just scoring the goal that won the treble adds a bit of a bit of weight to it, arguably. I mean he didn't he didn't actually have that great a game with no. in the Champions League final, but he did he did score the goal. So that uh, that adds a lot to it. And he was he was a huge part of the reason City were there. And he was he was a bigger reason City made the Champions League final than than Haaland, I think. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think they still could have reached the Champions League final w without him. The, you know, the irony was that they'd signed Haaland to win the Champions League. Even Haaland said, I've been signed to win the Champions League. And then they won games so comprehensively that it didn't feel like Haaland really won mm -hmm. any of them. But it did feel like Rodri was probably the the bedrock to, to dominate in those games, especially at the Etihad when in the knockout rounds when they were just blowing everyone away. Well, there you are. If you think Rodri is, has had a better year than Haaland, uh, you can vote on our Manchester Evening News. Um, we'll put the uh, we'll put the plug below. Uh, you can vote for your player of the year for City and for National. Before we go on to Act 2, how do you think City turned this little blip around 
speaking to Akanji, he was saying we've just sort of got to take it game by game and go to Luton on on Sunday. John Stone said it could be a good thing that they've they've felt this pain and and experienced this because it'll sort of wake them up a little bit. The fixtures are going to pick up. I think it's of the next ten games, the highest team they're playing is tenth, mm-hmm. which is very good. Like it's much better than playing three of the top five. Um, players will come back. Is it just as simple as that? Fixtures will get better and players will come back and form will improve. Or do you think there's something a bit deeper that needs improving? I think there's something a little bit deeper. Um, I, I, I do think that the, the fixtures are improving and it wouldn't surprise you if they won nine of the next 10 yeah. or, or something like that, certainly. Um, but, you know, we've seen it a lot. Even when they started the season with with six straight wins, I think we've, you know, we've seen a lot. We've, we've talked about that control word all year and, and City haven't really had it all season. Um, and, you, you know, you wonder how that's going to develop and whether Pepper look to change something, um, or whether he'll continue to, when everyone's fit, to go with that. Oh, say when everyone's fit. Maybe for now, without De Bruyne, it's obviously going to be New Year, probably end of January. Maybe by the time he's fully match fit and starting games. So if you continue to go with Alvarez, Foden, Doku, and that kind of more chaotic selection, but you know, it's it, it's clear that they they're giving up a lot more chances. You know, we've talked about those league results but you can throw RB Leipzig in there I know they turned it around a one but the goals they've conceded in that game very shaky very shaky very on City like losing those those duels and you know when, when they were on that run at the back end of last season Guardiola talked all the time about our defenders are winning duels one on one defender had improved so much and suddenly it's it's gone down a level again they're not winning as many duels and you know they they should win the duels against Lewin they should win them against Palace I'm sure form will pick up now. I don't think we're in. It was interesting to hear Guardiola saying on Tuesday, if we keep playing like this, we will win mm-hmm. the league. You know, he's he's clearly in a very different mindset. To but then he said we're struggling after. Yeah, after exactly. After so. Yeah, yeah. And you, you can never quite predict what he's going to do. You know, we all think back to last season and the Happy Flowers stuff after the Tottenham mm-hmm. game. That don't feel like we're in that territory. I think... He, He's constantly said this season how well his players have done after winning the treble. He always says how hard it is to go again and again and again. And he's, you know, he said all year what I see. You know, I like what I see, but obviously things have stumbled a bit of late. Um, you know, I think naturally things will improve with the easier fixtures now, but I, th- I still think there's probably the odd concern there at, at the maybe the quality, not the number of chances they're giving up, but maybe the quality of chances they're they're giving up at the moment. I think Akanji was saying that his reason for why they lost was that there was a lot of duels where he said whichever way the ball bounced whether it was for City or Villa it was a chance on goal and he said 90% of those from his perspective went towards Villa yeah. and obviously he was at fault against Leipzig and you're thinking why are they losing these duels? Yeah. Is it it could just be luck but if it's 90% in his words then I don't know maybe it's just something more yeah. to it and we know you know, we know what Guardiola has always said about second balls in, mm-hmm. in this country. And they, they lost, they didn't get anyone, yeah, any of them. Exactly, they really. lost so many of them. Yeah. And he has, you know, this this idea of playing four centre-backs, basically, that he, he kind of went to last year and, you know, it did work brilliantly for them. They, they had four defenders who would just win their individual battles, whether it was against Salah, Saka, mm-hmm. Watkins, um, you know, Rashford, whatever they would win their individual battles. Those centre-backs would just be stronger, 
more physical than their opposite in Ombe. And that would, you know, that would allow City to to play them where they were and, and kind of control games because on the odd occasion teams got through, you knew that Diaz or Akanji mm -hmm. would, would win the battle. And obviously that's not happening now. I mean, those two were at fault for the Leipzig goals. And yeah, when when you when you've basically built this entire system on defenders winning duels and then not doing it, it you know, it becomes more of an issue for you, certainly. Well, we'll we'll uh Put Villa to one side now and we'll uh, look forward to uh, a trip to Luton that did look a bit, uh, it looked like it'd be fairly straightforward, but now it looks a little bit uh, tricky. So we'll uh, be back after a short break. Hello, welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Uh, before we get into part three, uh, if you want to see City versus Everton over the Christmas period on Amazon Prime, you can get a 30-day free trial um, and you can uh, watch them for free if you're not heading to Goodison Park. That's the 27th of December. City were obviously on Amazon this week and uh, they're next on Amazon uh, over Christmas. So get that free trial. The link will be in the description uh, for everything you need to know. Now City are heading to Luton next. Luton took Arsenal all the way mm. in the week. They seem to be making Kenilworth Road a bit of a fortress and really using it to their advantage. Now City do the need to win and they've got to look at a team like Luton who, with all respect to them, are probably one of the smallest Premier League sides yeah. we've ever had. They've got to be going there and winning. But given the form and given Luton's performance against Arsenal, it's starting to put a couple of question marks in, aren't they? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, isn't it, how City respond. And I think, you know, Luton are going to make it almost a game of battles and mm -hmm. duels and second balls. So maybe going to play to a City weakness at the moment. I mean, Luton are one of the most ill-equipped teams to get promoted mm -hmm. to the Premier League probably ever. And the fact that they're doing so well is a huge credit to them. I mean, you look at that team and I'm not sure really there's a Premier League player in that team, to be to be brutally honest. There's a couple from 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, Barkley, about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, and the fact that they're signing players like mm -hmm. that to add to that experience. I mean, some of the others, you know, I've never even heard of some of the other players in their team. Well, a lot of them have come up from through the leagues, haven't they? They have, just, yeah, come come with them. And they've signed, you know, they signed Ted and Mengi from United, who just had a loan spell at Birmingham. They signed Tyth Chong, who'd gone from United to Birmingham and had done okay. But I don't think there was another Premier League team looking at either mm -hmm. of those two players, for example. And they're in the team every week, basically. Uh, so it's a credit to them and to Rob Edwards that they're, they're doing so well. Um, you know, Rob Edwards has clearly got a... Um, a, a structure and a, a game plan that's that's working there. Um, I think he's a pretty inspiring manager to work for. From from what I've heard, that the players all buy into him and, and love what he's about. And, and you can kind of see that on the pitch that they are they are making the most of of kind of what they've got. Um, I mean, set pieces and corners are going to be interesting. They seem mm -hmm. to be making corners just total bedlam and chaos, and every corner is just an absolute scrap. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see that. I think they're going to stick every corner on, on Edison's head and just throw bodies around him. And yeah, that, that will be interesting. I mean, you would still think City is surely going to go there and, and win. Mm. But like you say, Arsenal needed a goal with the last kick, basically. Liverpool needed an equaliser with the last kick there. Um, they got the win against Palace the other week. They've already won away at Everton. You know, they're, I still say they'll go down, but they're, 
they're punching above their weight, I think, from what people expected. Because I think we all thought they were potentially going to rival Derby yeah. for, for worst Premier League season ever. But with a, a pretty ill-equipped squad, which I don't mean is a big, it's purely yeah. because no one expected them to go up last year. And they are they are doing really well. It feels like it's going to be, or oh, every game for them is a cup tie, especially yeah. at home, where they've got to make it sort of really difficult for these these big teams to come. And they're doing that at the moment. And mm. it's... Uh, I never thought I'd say it, but I'm looking forward to going to Luton and yeah. uh, just taking, seeing what they do with that, with the sort of limited resources. Um, you mentioned the players that they do have. They have Issa Kabore on loan from City, who I presume won't play. But that's another one who's sort of a, a loanee who that's probably the only Premier League team he was going to get. Yeah. He's done well in France, he's done well in the African Cup of Nations, but he's also starting all the time now for them on the at right back and, yeah. and looking all right. Although I think he was at fault for the Arsenal goal, was he? Did he give away the yeah? He the, the free kick. I think he gave away yeah. the free kick, um, and it was a bit of a yeah. It was one of those. It's it's kind of like I mean, I said after the game, it's it's almost about decisions at, at this level, and mm-hmm. the, the time was up. Arsenal yeah were you know Trossard had his back to goal, I think, on halfway, and it was a header. Kabore was never going to win, and you didn't really need to try and win it because the the ball was going nowhere, and it's kind of a little bit like. It's one of those things I think you'll learn from that he was just so desperate to try and get a challenge in mm-hmm. that he went through the back of him. It was always a free kick and Arsenal scored from the free kick. Whereas if you just let Trossard get the ball, they're still at halfway. He's got his back to goal. There's nothing really on for them. So I think that's that's kind of, you know, they've got so little Premier League experience mm-hmm. in that team, apart from the players have signed like Barkley and Tyrosen that they're, they're on a learning curve like that. But you're right, they are making the most, one of their, obvious asset is Kenilworth right yeah. in a way because it's just such a un-Premier League and non-Premier League stadium. It's so small and compact and dated um, and they've got to try and use it to their advantage and, and they are doing. And the fans are obviously going to make every mm-hmm. every game a big atmosphere but when Liverpool, Arsenal, City, United go to town, they're going to make it even bigger because you know they probably know there's a pretty good chance that they're not going to play City again anytime soon. They did brilliantly to get promoted. They're probably going to go down. Um, probably not going to come back up just because the championship is so competitive. Uh-huh. I mean, they got out once. Maybe they will do with parachute payments, but it might be a... I think I read that they're quite happy to take the money and build a new stadium and use that to yeah. go forward, which yeah, is yeah. A, it's a, a healthy model thing yeah. to do. And they've clearly not broken the bank on on getting promoted. You know, it's what... I was covering Burnley at the time. It's what they did when they first got promoted and that they got promoted at the championship when nobody expected it them to. They didn't have a squad for the Premier League and they spent about three million quid in the transfer window. And they basically their model was we're just going to bank the cash. Yeah. And if we even if we go down, we've got parachute payments. We've got you know, we've made a fortune from the Premier League. And sure enough they went down, won the league again the next year and then stayed in the Premier mm-hmm. League for a long time. So it is kind of a sensible thing to do in a way because you see all these teams coming up and just spending hundreds of millions and well that's it yeah don't get any further yeah Fulham, I mean, Fulham did it and went mm-hmm. down it didn't work for them Forest it, it kind of worked for them last year but they spent a fortune again and now you know, the manager's clearly going to get the sack um, so yeah there's, there's never any the Premier League's so hard and so competitive that even if Luton spent 50 million I still think we'd probably expect them to go down yeah. even if they spent 50-60 on that squad I think they'd still be favourites to go down so in a way, it's kind of sensible to bank it. You then got the parachute payments as well. They clearly need a new stadium. I think they've got plans in for one, haven't they? Mm-hmm. I feel the situation is, but 
know, it's probably a sensible thing to do and get the new stadium and then try and use the money to build a squad to have another go at coming back. In terms of City, we will, surely Roger will come back in, Grealish as well. We don't know what the deal is with Doku, so I'm sure Guardiola will offer an update um, when we go and see him shortly. Any other changes you'd make? Can they make any other changes given the sort of thin options on the bench? Yeah, I mean, probably probably not. Like you say, I mean, Doku's the only one, I guess, injury-wise. Maybe Nathan Ake, you didn't play. He could come in for Guardiola. Ake could come in for Guardiola. I was going to say, I, did, I didn't think Guardiola was was um, was brilliant. I mean, he's he's had a solid enough start to his City career, hasn't he? But mm-hmm. it kind of fits in with all of it. You know, we're talking about Kovacic and Nunes, the, some of the signings. Doku's obviously been brilliant, but the other three have not really hit the ground running, have they? Um, I don't think I don't think Guardiola's at his best yet. I think it's the position. I think Guardiola doesn't trust him yet in the yeah. centre, which is fair because there's still a lot to do there, but he's not used to playing left-back that as left much. Back. And yeah. he's, been, he's caught out quite a lot. He is caught out quite a lot. I mean, it's almost, in that system, it's a left-back, see left-back, the way they play at the moment is almost like another centre-back, mm-hmm. but obviously it's still a different side of the pitch for him and, in time, you kind of look at him and think he could do that role, transition into midfield because he, you know, he's good on the ball, he's good dribbler. But at the moment, you're not really seeing it. And like you say, he's he, he did struggle a bit on on Wednesday night. Um, so yeah, probably no surprise if Ake came back in for him. Because um, especially a game like that, I mean, Guardiola's pretty physical anyway. But mm-hmm. maybe you'd look for Ake. He's probably more more used to uh, to games like that from his from his days at Bournemouth and. Um, so yeah, maybe that's a change. But yeah, there's not there's not loads of options. This would be on the office one of with with Belgrade coming up this week, where there's nothing riding on it. Yeah. Guardiola can make changes, and yeah. if he wants to go stronger in the league, he absolutely can do. Can I get a score prediction from you for uh, versus City? I'm gonna go two nil City. I was just thinking two nil, yeah. but not an easy one. Maybe one where they get the yeah. second late on just They'll to have to work game. for it. Yeah. I think, but. I'll say 2-1 well, then, I'll give Luton a goal. Give Luton a goal. Yeah. I think City can keep a clean sheet after recent events. Yeah, yes, that would very much help. And they're going to get tested in that department, I think, with a bit of a bombardment mm-hmm. sometimes. So. But it is, it's the start of a run of fixtures where you include Belgrade, Club World Cup, Huddersfield in the in the FA Cup is a favourable home draw. Yeah. You can see them, even though we've been so negative, starting on a, a going on a run of the next 10, 15 games of yeah. winning the majority of them. Yeah, well, so. even if they play the way they have been playing in those games, you'd still expect them to win yeah. probably all of those fixtures. So they could definitely, you know, we could be sat here in three weeks or whatever after the mm-hmm. World Cup and things are looking much rosier over Christmas. Well, there we are. We'll uh, we'll leave it there. We'll be going, going down to Luton and enjoy that uh, away end. Uh, if you're not, you'll find all the coverage on the Manchester Evening News. As usual, uh, we're going down to Kenilworth Road. Uh, follow us as Always on all the social networks, X, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, uh, everywhere you would expect to find us. Subscribe and leave a five-star review if you can on uh, this podcast because we really appreciate that. Thanks very much and we'll join you after uh, City have been to Luton and hopefully return to winning ways. Mm-hmm.